Hey everyone, it's Raghu. I'm back with another episode of Ramdas here and now. And in fact, this episode emanates from these radio shows he did at KPFK 96 or something called Ramdas here and now. So <laughs> it's all one. But before we get into this, it's very interesting, by the way, the topics that people ask that are in this recorded talk is uh, amazing. But I just want to mention first, briefly, we have this fantastic retreat that's going to take place August 25th through 29th in Boone, North Carolina, and it's with Krishna Das and Sharon Salzberg, and Bob Thurman, and Spring Washam, and Nina Rao, and I will be there, and East Forest, that incredible, remember that record you did a couple of years ago, using uh, an interview he did with Ram Dass? Phenomenal. And Chantala, Benji Wertheimer, and his wife, Heather. Okay, so uh, just go to Ram Dass dot org slash mountain retreat and uh, you'll see all of the the different information we have up there it's absolutely gorgeous up in the blue ridge mountains uh, i have been there and uh it's quite a uh it's it's a new idea that we're trying to see if people want to be there together in a mountain setting in forests and uh just that kind of connectivity to the earth and the other thing to remember is the wonderful support that we get from BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com and you can get any kind of, I mean, just on the level of, yes, it's therapy, but just on the level of being able to talk to someone to get it out of that place that we sometimes harbor all of these thoughts and stories that we tell ourselves and, and with deep belief. And it's very hard to express it to, especially the people who are close to you. So BetterHelp, they really do provide a phenomenal online service. So go to betterhelp.com and check them out. Uh, there we go. Oh, so... This uh, um, talk from Ramdas is going to be named, according to Noah, uh, the Heart Song, which you can't go wrong with that. Did you ever hear Ramdas sing the Heart Song? Listen, listen, listen to my Heart Song. Oh, it's phenomenal, but I can't remember where it is. Uh, we'll, but write to info at ramdas.org, and then we'll get somebody to try and figure out where, where that lies in this vast catalog. Anyhow, this is uh, episode 200. Can you imagine? There's 200 of <laughs> these. Uh, how about this one? It's, we're talking, I mean, there's a couple of things around death, which is a common question for people to ask Ramdas about. He had worked in that area his entire life, basically. I mean, his uh, life as Ramdas. And, um, but I go down a little bit and I think, wow, here's a question about abortion. And we just had this whole thing, or we have this whole thing going on 
uh, from the Supreme Court to apparently, it seems like, uh, just knocking out Roe versus Wade. And here he is talking about this on a deeper level. Uh, that's probably not appropriate either. I won't say it that way. There's nothing more deep or not more deep in, related to anything that uh, has to do with the integra integration of our beings in this life with everything that we're dealing with, abortion being one of them. Uh, but he does talk about it, and I just find it's fascinating you know, to the timing of it, you know, that the this particular talk was found, you know, to pre present as a uh, podcast. So kind of really cool. Um, what And um, faith is always a, a question here. And, uh, and Ram Dass uh, talks about uh, the way in which uh, just the questioning of faith, at least this is what I got out of it. Just the questioning of her faith is profoundly expressive of the fact that she has it beyond, this is not thinking, this is beyond words, that there is that place of complete acceptance of here we are and we are being taken care of. And uh, so, yeah, he does, uh, of course, wonderful thing with this particular person um what else just to highlight a couple of things boy uh there's a lot of different questions another one on death um and and again ramdas uh in particular there's two amazing uh, uh letters that he wrote to people who had uh, young children or fairly young children um uh, die and um one accidental and one not. And he really can speak to this in a way that's quite uh, extraordinary. Um, yeah. It all ends with the only way it can end with uh, Ramdas in relation to this. This actually is the last of the Q&As part of this particular series is this talk. and uh, Or it's not a talk. He's on... Ray KPFK going back and forth with people. It's really amazing the, the quality of the feel of you you get between the caller and he. It's really quite something. And he, as I said, wraps it up with shared presence, and that's what uh, that's what Ramdas is all about. Shared presence from the first second I met him to the last second that we parted company. Before just shortly before he passed, shared presence. So here we are, Ram Dass, here and now, on Be Here Now Network. Go to BeHereNowNetwork.com. And uh, so many incredible teachers and thought leaders that are there now. Um, we're about to, we're going to start a podcast around... Um, Indigenous rights and wisdom, primarily, not primarily anything, but representing that which we all believe is so needed in our culture um, to really reconnect with something we seem to have moved away from. And 
yeah, so we're looking forward to that, and we keep having that grow. And thank you for the support. And uh, I will see you next. Well, you can go to Mind Rolling, and uh, oh, there's an amazing podcast that I did with uh, Barbara Graham, and who had written this book about uh, reincarnation. And they've done extraordinary studies and found children who remembered their past life. And I mean, I'm talking like thousand. 2,000 interviews that they did more, something like that. Amazing thing. Anyhow, that's on Mind Rolling, and that's it for us now. We'll see you next week. Welcome back to the final hour of Here and Now with Ramdas. The phone numbers are eight. The phone number is eight one eight nine eight five five seven three five, which comes out as KPFK for those of you that are enjoy the subtle. And I am the guest of Roy of Hollywood, who has very kindly invited me into his inner sanctum to play, and as he does night after night, and it's such fun to have this opportunity to play with all of you. So on we go. Dan, good evening. Yes, good evening, Ram Dass. Uh, I had uh, an experience uh, a week ago. Uh, my father passed on a week ago Monday. Mm-hmm. And uh, my eldest brother uh, was uh, told me a story about you. And uh, our mother passed away in 1979. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had told me of, uh, he had the experience of, of visiting you. You were tr- in Oklahoma City, of all places, mm-hmm. in the month of January, I think, and you gave him a uh, a, a mantra to chant to help him through the uh, the funeral that he said just helped him soar through my mother's funeral. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think called the Heart Song, oh. and I was uh, he told me about it, and I and I vaguely remember him telling me that day years ago. <laughs> Yeah, uh, of it because it was we were all sort of in shock from the mm. the funeral and everything. But but he said it was, uh, you know, listen, listen, listen to, to my, my heart, heart song. song. Listen, listen, listen to my heart song. I will never forget you. I will never forsake you. I and, will never forget you. I will never forsake you. And just repeating that. Yeah. And and is there a melody to that? There is. Listen, listen, listen to my heart song. Listen, listen, listen to my heart song. I will never forget you. I will never forsake you. I will never forget you. I will never forsake you. Listen, listen, listen to my heart song. You can start in with harmonies. Listen, listen, listen to my heart song. I will never forget you. I will never forsake you. I will never forget you. I will never forsake you. You just keep doing that over and over again. It's it's absolutely delicious. Oh, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> that's great. I uh... <laughs> thank you for reminding me. Well, I, 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 I it. 
I'm, I'm taping. I'm taping this. Uh, right. I have the presence of mind to pop in a tape here. I hope I've captured it because I'm going to send my brother a tape as a gift, and I'm going to keep one for myself. <laughs> That's and, great. Uh, it was a very uh, maybe I'll have a career in in singing. Well, you know, it's it's a very very wonderful gift uh, to give to people, and I thought you would enjoy hearing someone from a personal experience I love standpoint. It. I love it. I love uh, hearing that, that that really helped uh, helped him and it helped me. And uh, Great. Thank you for sharing that. Really. And I'm happy to. And, uh, you know, all, uh, all peace to you. Happy New Year. You too. <laughs> Kanchag, you're on. Hello. Hello, Ramda. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I wanted to ask you as a sales seeker in the past, what are your views on abortion? What well? What are my views about what about abortion? Yeah, about abortion. No, what's the question about abortion? I mean, there is a thing called abortion. What what is it you're asking me specifically? Oh, well, okay. I'll just be straight with you. Yeah. This girl was carrying my child for a while. Yes. You know, but she couldn't seem to have it. You know. Mm-hmm. So, the guilt has been quite heavy on both of us. I wonder what kind of a practitioner I am, you know, mm. Mm. to do such an act, you know, because, I mean, I... You know, um, I can hear all of the pain you're going through, and I'm sure she's going through, and all of the feelings of guilt and self-recrimination. And that's all part of what this process of being, having to make choices like this in life are about. And I, I hear how painful it is. I once was with a, uh, a very spiritually aware being, and I, we were talking about abortion. And he said, and I've heard this in many other spiritual contexts, that no being leaves a moment too soon or a moment too late, and even if it's a being in, in utero, that there is a, a kind of a deeper wisdom in the universe that if that child, if that being was to come uh, to life and come into form, you wouldn't have been able to abort that child no matter what you did. It would be, it, it's, its soul would demand manifestation. And I see it as the the relationship among the three souls, you and the woman that was carrying the fetus and the fetus. And all of them have some kind of contract with one another. And sometimes beings just have to come into, into fetal form to finish whatever they have to do, and then they can go on beyond that. What I also feel is that the more conscious you become, the less likely you are to call forth a being by procreating that you're not ready to carry through and embrace and support. So, because your life changes with a pregnancy, but as you become more conscious, you say, all right, now, new moment, my life has changed, now what will I do with this new moment? So I think that what I say to you is I can understand your pain and all of the feelings you're feeling, but I think that there is a deeper wisdom 
in the whole situation and that you should just listen to hear that and let the pain of all of this deepen your compassion so that your actions in the future are ones that so that you can have the legacy from this being who came briefly to be with you and let that legacy be one of increasing wisdom and compassion in the way you live your life. It would be terrible if the fetus sacrificed its life and all it left you with was guilt and recrimination. That would seem to be a kind of a, an unfortunate legacy. So I invite you to have that and then get on with it. Okay? Yeah, that would be the best way to heal. That's the way I do it. She's having a lot of trouble with it, you know. And all you can do is love her and be present with her and just keep your heart open and be strong and keep your faith in the deeper wisdom of the universe. That's one of the things you can do that will be very helpful to her. But just keep your heart open with her as much as you can. But you can't take away her suffering. She's got to do her suffering until she's done doing it. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> happy New Year. Happy oh, happy New Year to you too, my dear. Happy New Year. I hope it is a happy new year for her too. Would you send her my love? Yeah, I okay. told her quite a bit about you. Good. Well tell her that I'm thinking about her and I am I'm holding her deeply in my heart and I just hope that she can come through all this quickly and realize the joy and the beauty of her life and now take it and live it as richly and happily as possible. Thanks. Good night. Bye. Donna, good evening. Good evening. It's such an honor. Many of us night people have heard so many, many, many hours of you speaking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, here's the body it comes out of. <laughs> <laughs> The sharing the life of that body gives us a lot of insight and helps us from, you know, things that come through each day. I was, uh, I'm 62. Huh. I, I've been 25 years blind. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I, when I was born, I almost didn't get born. I uh, had a couple of holes in my heart. Mm. And I, um, <laughs> and now that I'm approaching the elder stage, mm -hmm. I, I'm having trouble with leaping. leaping. With what? Sleeping, like the leap of faith. Oh, leaping, yeah, okay. <laughs> I used to be able to do it pretty good. I could do something that I was not, that I was afraid of, and I could get to the other side, although my mother always said I had a problem with finishing things. Well, this time I want, I want to see the face of God, and I want to, um, I want to leave a legacy behind that, um, you know, that's really powerful, and I don't know what that needs to be. And I'm not sure. If, I think I'm having three questions here. One is, uh, how can I cover the legacy before my time runs out that I need to leave? Another one, how, how can you help me with um, this le leaping? Uh, it seems like, you know, from one place to another, from to a higher place. And it seems like I need to learn that before this life ends. And... Um, I forget the other one. <laughs> okay, well, let me work with those two. Okay. First of all, I would say that maybe the metaphor you're using of leaping isn't the 
the optimum description of what's going on because you already have incredible faith in the fact that there is a face of God, that there is a, uh, a, a kind of an incredible beauty and inherent uh, uh, spiritual truth in the universe. And that already is the thing that your existence is leaving as a legacy to everybody around you and all of it. Because you're already just in the way in which you are, that yearning you're having is already reminding people of what is possible. And so, I mean, the fact that you are blind and that you have this yearning is such a powerful statement of faith in and of itself that, I mean, I think that the blindness has served you to take you inward into another dimension of relation to spirit. And as such, it's a, it's a, it's a hard gift, but it's still a gift. And I would also say, and I don't think that's being um, uh, Pollyannish. I think I really hear that clearly. Okay. And, um, and I would say it's also clear to me that when you use the term see the face of God, you understand that it's not seeing with your eyes, which are blinded. Okay. It is seeing the, with your heart. And if you start to just feel it in everything around you and realize that all of the people and things and forms of the earth and of nature are all the different aspects of the face of God and just keep looking more deeply in with your heart, that heart vision that begins to see the divinity that's in everything. Okay. All right? All right. Oh, boy, you're delicious. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you, my dear. Bye. Good, good night. Raimundo, good evening. Hello, is that me? Yeah, that's you. Oh, great. Uh, I have a, a question. Uh, basically uh, um, about spirituality and um, how to deal with conflict as far as uh, uh, I come from a different country and uh, <clears throat> I find that uh, uh, I have uh, uh, problems dealing with uh, with uh, uh, the conflicts that I see uh, uh, as far as uh, people getting along with each other, you know, and uh, I see it in myself uh, as far as where I come from uh, in this country, and maybe you can help me with that. You're saying I, you have difficulty in dealing with the conflict that exists among people, including yourself. Yes, right, you know, like... And what uh, do you mean by you have difficulty with well, it? Well, <clears throat> something that I see, uh, I mean, uh, all this conflict going on in the world yeah. with different... Uh, 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 ethnic uh, groups, you know, in different yeah. countries and nationalities, and and I, I see that in myself, you know, where I'm from, you know, yeah. uh, you know, people uh, have different views of uh, what's right and what's wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, basically, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, my way of hearing a lot of that is that people are very afraid when they're in incarnation. And they deal with their fears by wanting to hold on to some identity that makes them feel like they have 
uh, a safe haven or a meaningful place or some a somebodyness, a realness, and often that turns out to be an identity with ethnicity or religion or nation nationality, and those identities they get strength from feeling part of a group. But the predicament with that is that it then relegates everyone that's not part of that group to other or them. And that world of us and them is a world in which it's very, very hard not to uh, get caught in the fear of the other and the fear that there is some threat to your own existence and your own group identity. And so you look at the world, you look at the Arab-Israeli conflict, you look at the conflicts in Africa, the numerous conflicts in Africa, you look at the conflicts in Ireland, uh, and you just feel in the conflicts in the United States, in racial conflicts and so on, and you can feel in those the incredible pain that everybody's caught in. And the question is, what is it, when you feel that pain and how horrible that conflict is, is your feeling it the optimum thing you can do to be an instrument for the relief of that kind of suffering? That's finally the question I ask myself. And I realize that for me just to be appalled by it doesn't really address the issue of how I'm an instrument to make it better. And the way I can make it better is by keeping in my heart with as compassionate a stance as I can the, the people in the conflict and how they've gotten caught in that and how frightened they are and how they've contracted around a belief system and how they then treat others as other and how then they project into the other all of the evils that they can't handle in life and the, the darkness. And you, you, your, the, your compassion of appreciating all that allows you to keep your heart literally open in hell because there is a lot of hell in this world in terms of just the, the shadow part of it all. So if you keep your heart open with love towards all people, even though you might say to somebody, that's wrong and I'm going to stop you from doing it, do it without closing your heart at least you are offering to all human beings at all times a heart-to-heart -heart resuscitation. You're offering something of your own being. You're being with other people in love. And that to me is a gift that you then bring that is the best you can do to heal the situation. Are we talking to one another? Uh, no, I, I can hear you. Uh, is, there, is there any way of uh, where I lose it is usually... Uh, if if uh, if I if I have a view completely different, and I can understand what, what you're saying about keeping my heart open towards them, you know. Uh, uh, I thing. think you and I could have views that are different without denigrating each other, putting each other down, or not hearing each other as fellow beings that are just because of our culture and our lives have different views. Now I, I've come to to that conclusion myself. Great. That my problem is that. Uh, <clears throat> It, being here in this country, if I express my views, you know, I, I, I'm I'm seeing like uh, uh, I mean I, I I'm not able to do that, you know. Where if say if you have a different view than I do, I can you know I can deal with it and I can accept your views, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then again, you know, I cannot do 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 it and 
I feel uh, terrible. Other, other people don't accept your views. Exactly, and I have a terrible frustration, you know. Well, that's an interesting thing of whether you want to end up having a terrible frustration. That is the way it is. That's because those people are caught in their prejudices or biases or judgments. And the question, if you end up being frustrated by that, then their minds got you, in a sense. Okay. And the best thing is to leave them with their frustrations, and you just keep your heart open, and you listen carefully to hear how you can express your opinions in a way that is heard by people without being confrontive, without being reactive to their stuff. You hear their stuff, and you just listen to it and you run it through yourself as lightly as possible without getting caught with it. I hope that helps a little bit. Okay, thanks a lot. Okay. Lisa, good evening. Hello. Hello, Lisa. Hi, good morning. Um, I'm calling because my mother passed away this year and I'm kind of in a stuck place which I'm just kind of starting to come out of, but um, she suffered several years with a uh, a disease that affected her lungs and her heart. And um, I was very involved with her caretaking and sort of watching the process. And um, I was with her when she passed on. And she, she'd been put into a hospice program a few weeks before. And um, they, uh, they, didn't give, uh, they didn't give her the sort of, I guess I had this idea she was going to go into morphine stupor. And in, in fact, when I tried to, like, to give her the morphine pill, she kept spinning them up. So what I saw was a lot of struggle against death. And um, I think that I'm kind of stuck in, um, in the fright and the fear of what death is. And on one hand, um, I, I, I did receive help, though, during this process. Um, I, I was trying to take care of her. And, and, and uh, calm her down, and I could see that she was panicking. And um, at one point, I, I felt I was trying to do everything I could. At one point, I got up and walked around the bed, and I felt, and I don't know if this was in my own mind or what, but I felt like two hands touched me on my shoulders and literally turned me around. And at that point, I knew that she was going to go. And I walked out of the room, and I put on some music that we used to listen to together to calm us. And when I came back, she was very calm, and I could see her last breath. Mm. And as I held her hand, she like she she squeezed my hand, mm. and um, I, I saw her leave her body. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's like a bittersweet thing because, um, thank God. I mean, I I felt like there was a presence there. Some kind of presence came, mm. you know, and touched me and turned mm-hmm. me around. Mm-hmm. But I'm stuck at the suffering and the struggle. Well, you know, when when a loved one suffers, it is extremely painful. It's more painful than if you suffered yourself. It's just so painful. And when you don't have the capacity to take away the pain. Yeah. But and that just from my point of view puts me closer to the mystery of what suffering is about because you don't it's very I've been watching people dying now for about 25 years and I have watched how Often the struggle and the suffering is a precursor to a certain kind of opening in them Hmm. that their previous life didn't really allow them to do so easily. Hmm. I've watched people where their will got broken by the pain 
And as a result of that, it was like a butterfly coming out of a chrysalis. I mean, it was extraordinary. And in a way, the last moment of peace and the holding of the hand and the music and the sharing and the awareness and the gentle breath, mm. that's the completion of her work on earth. Mm. And how she got there is how she got there. And you and I don't really know why the suffering is there. Right. We really don't. And so you find out that you're, while you would like to take away, my heart wants to take away the suffering of people around me. And yet my deeper wisdom understands when I look at my own life that my suffering has been part of the grace that has helped me develop the compassion I have. And the fact that you were in the presence of such spirit that you could feel the hand of spirit turn you and prepare you and bring you into that final moment feels to me like you were deeply connected in that process and that you should allow now just the grieving and mourning and feeling of loss and all of this to wash through you and keep washing through you and find that out of all of this is going to come a deeper compassion in you as a human being. Mm. Thanks a lot for calling. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Don, good evening. Hello, Ramdas. Hello, Don. Uh, pleasure to talk with you. Thank you. A kindred spirit. Uh, I My question to you is... Um, close to your age. I'm 60 and I have a four-year-old and an eight-year-old or nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. Okay. And while I know I've given them the gift of life, I still have a lot of angst and anxiety about leaving them at a very young age. And I was wondering what your reflections and comments were on that. And uh, uh, in, just to tell you how much I love you, I have... Uh, read and listened to your tapes and your most recent tapes on Fear Not the Future and so forth, but that doesn't necessarily help me with my anxiety at the moment. <laughs> well, I can hear how much your caring for your progeny, for your children, wants you to protect them and to be there for them. But what you're giving them at each moment is the connection and the love that I can hear in you towards these beings, these very precious beings. And what you give them in any one moment, in the fullness of the moment, instead of being having it too colored by the fear of the future, keep coming back into the quality of the present moment with each of those children. Because when you leave, which you will leave, or they will leave, or somebody will leave sooner or later, the legacy is those moments in which you and they shared living love together, the living spirit together. And that legacy takes one second for it to happen. And a child that has had that at four years old and then were you to leave is already carrying the gift of the fact that there is another human heart that contact has been made. And so I would say that you're already doing the optimum thing you're doing to, to um, inoculate them, to vaccinate them against the uncertainties of the future, because you can't protect them all the way down the pike anyway. I mean, even if you were 20, you couldn't do that. So relax, because I really hear the love, and I think you're already giving them the gift they need. I'm glad you said that. I'm going to play that for my wife. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Good night. Bye-bye.
and I want to tell you all that this these three evenings at KPFK have been absolutely just such a uh, a warm and wonderful and profound and loving and spacious and all the wonderful words I know that describe the the quality of shared presence and if I have my druthers believe me I will be on the radio regularly in such a way that we can hang out together until we have asked our questions and answered them and we're all happy with it this is here and now with Ramdas it's talk radio from the heart and it has indeed been talk radio from heart to heart and um, I consider this a a hanging out in the uh, satsang salon, in the salon of people who share the desire for truth. Thank you very much for being together. Good night. This podcast is brought to you by the Love Serve Remember Foundation and Ramdas.org. We appreciate you listening and we appreciate all the support that you've given us. Please continue that support and donate at Ramdas.org. We can then continue to share what Ramdas has been sharing for all of these years. Thank you.